0: worshiping a lot this month into the end of the year, amen we're going to be singing, so City praise we're going to be singing, is he going to sing today, okay let me tell you something, baby, when did I start singing today? <laughs> 3 a.m., yeah you heard me, 2 a.m., I've been singing since about 2 a.m., till I enter church no, I'm serious so if you guys think I can't sing <laughs> I'm singing it in my own keys using my whole, you know whatever but i'm just i have been singing since 2 a.m uh, and i'm going to talk to you about it today my heart is just overflowing with the thing my heart is overflowing i just want to honor god our think for this month is the experience the experience the experience there's a difference between the knowledge and the experience. There's a difference between what? The knowledge knowledge and the experience. You can know that God heals, right? But you need to experience what? That he heals. Somebody who has experienced the healing of God can never doubt it. You had a sickness in your body. The doctors confirmed it. You saw in the word of the Lord that he took your infirmities and carried your diseases. Matthew chapter 18, verse 16. Matthew 18, verse 16. He himself took our infirmities and he carried our diseases. He carried our diseases. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. 8, not 18, 8, 16 himself took our infirmities and, so you saw, so you saw it in God's word I'll go to 17 17 after I healed the sickness 17 that it might be fulfilled by the by what Isaiah said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases so you see it in there that part of the ministry of Jesus part of what Jesus did when he came to the earth and what he continues to do through the Holy Spirit right now is that he healed diseases and removed sicknesses so you have the sickness like the sickness is in your body, and you see the word, that he took it. Now, you have a knowledge of it, right? A level of knowledge of the word by looking at it. I took it. so. But why am I not experiencing it? Right? The experience is different from, the, from that knowledge. Then you dig deeper into it. You dig deeper into it with all the things that we're talking about this month, of how to bring the realities of heaven into the earth. And you do that. And then... You experience it and the sickness leaves your body and you come out whole. Do you understand? Healed. Then you have moved from the realm of just mental knowledge to the realm of experiential knowledge. Do you get it? But there is a process. There is a process of transferring what you see in the world into what Is experienced in your life. There's a process. There's a process. That process is where there has been a lot of gaps in the lives of believers. We usually stop at the head knowledge, but we don't engage in what the experience. So, for example, we see in God's word that when the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide us into all truths. I will say, He will guide me into all truths. So, meaning that. God is going to lead you in every decision that you need to make. Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down with green pastors. He leads me beside peaceful streams. So, in other words, he said, He leads me in the path of righteousness. In other words, God is going to lead you. That is the knowledge. But then the experience is when you're about to make a decision and that still small voice comes to you and says this is what you need to do that still small voice says that's the uh, the work you're supposed to do that's uh, the person you're supposed to marry that's you know the place you're supposed to live that and it is clear to you and you follow it and you see wow it was actually God that led me into this experience versus just paper experience versus just what? knowledge. Just mental knowledge. So that's what we're talking about. There's some benefits to you having knowledge. And we talked about it. But listen, knowledge begins to puff up when it does not become what? A real experience. So the question is how do we step into the realm of experience? How do we move from paper to presence? How do we move from principles to presence? You can learn the principles of the kingdom, but if all you know are the principles of the kingdom and you don't experience the presence of the kingdom, you have a you have a kingdom without a king. You're experiencing a kingdom without a king. We have to move from paper to presence. Paper is what we read in the word. To presence. Principles to presence. What about proficiencies to presence? Let me explain something to you, too. Look up everyone. How many of you know that you have some talent? You have some talent that God has given you. So I've always known, from when I began to know myself, that I had the gifts to teach. Because I was teaching in secular things. I used to teach all my mates, I would teach physics. I would teach chemistry. I would teach all kinds of stuff. So the natural thing was there. Right? But... There is another realm where the presence of God comes upon a natural proficiency. Do you get what I'm saying? And when the presence of God comes upon a natural proficiency, it takes on a supernatural dimension to bring transformation to lives. The same thing with singing. Most people that can sing, right? Most people that can sing, you will know it. Everybody around you will know it that you can sing. People have always known that I was hopeless concerning singing since I was young. No. So so, so, it's obvious. Your teachers will say, wow, you're a good singer. Your parents will you're a good singer. I've never heard anybody say that to me in my life. <laughs> All my life. <laughs> they must be lying. <laughs> but, you know, you will, you will know it. But, you know, what? there's a difference between singing <laughs> and singing under the anointing. It's a difference. You see, for you to move from singing into singing under the anointing, there's a process. There's a process. In other words, when you talk about singing under the anointing, you stand up to sing and the presence of God eats the place. And while you are singing, people are getting healed. People are, like, their minds are clearing. Heaven is opening up to people. Things are taking place. Prophetic things are happening. That's another realm. It goes from just being a singer to becoming an experienced worshipper, somebody who experiences the presence of God in worship, and then now transfers that experience to other people as you lead in worship. Have you noticed that? You know, in um, I was talking to my wife some I think about last week or so, and I was talking about we're listening to a song uh, by, um, by a song by Bethel. Bethel worship, right? You know, Hillsong and Bethel. Psh, right? Almost all the songs that we're singing right now, you know, is Hillsong and Bethel. And you will notice that the people who, usually, a lead singer will arise. That's what we call Darling Sheikh, we got all these people. And then in Bethel, all those, a lot of songs, you know, that we sing right now. Bethel, like, you know, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You know, those words. Well, what is it? True it. I don't know. You know. So, <laughs> yes, all those songs are coming from Bethel. Do you get what I'm saying? In California. But you know what happens is that there are people who actually compose the song. So there are two levels of leading worship and singing. There's level number one, where you take somebody's song that they have written, and you sing it well, but when you begin to press into it, you get to a point where you start receiving your songs, that you start singing when you are alone. Then it goes to the next level where people will start picking the songs that you sing, and they start singing all around the world. Many people listen to. Have many of you ever heard of Senatch in this place? Sinach. you know. For example, our song, one of our songs is going all over the world right now, which is what. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. play for me now. Are you discriminating against me? (laughs) Say, like, I can't find the key, Pastor. You know? (laughs) By God, that is who you are. Come on, sing it with me. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God,
1: that is
0: who you are. You know, so what I was going to say, I remember those days when I was in Nigeria, I would go to Pastor Chris Oyakelome's crusades and meetings and church, very small church then, And Sinach was there as the worship leader. And she would sing in those days. She would sing those songs and all that. Some of the songs that are going around the world and all that, they've been singing some of those things. From them, but there was just something about her. She, I mean, she is a worshipper. Like she personally worships. How about Nathaniel uh, Daniel? Ime basi, imela, imela, oh kaka, oh yeke imela, imela. What's the beginning of that song? Thank you, Thank you. No, what I'm saying is that the, the chorus. What about your goodness? You. Faithfulness. This is not because I am worthy. Listen, please. To receive the kind of love that you you give, I am grateful grateful for your presence, something like that. (laughs) And I'm grateful grateful for your your grace. Say (laughs) the (laughs) praise. Just Google it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. these ladies they stay in the presence of God until they have an experience and then something will overflow and as they sing they write it down and then it starts flowing all over the place the same thing, so I'm talking about songs, the same thing with preaching, preaching that makes a difference is not preaching that you are reciting it's not preaching that is just based on knowledge Is experienced knowledge it is something that the person who is talking about it has experienced and it's now overflowing to people and that's when transformation begins to take place inside of people you see I'm giving all this example because I want to rub something in the fact is that the experience is different from the knowledge the experience must be pursued Everybody say after me say, the experience must be pursued. Mm. Proficiency is not enough. You need the presence of God in there. Let's read some, some passages. Acts chapter 10, verse 31, quickly. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Let's see what made a difference in the life of Jesus. We're gonna quickly look at some. Everybody read with me when to go. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil. Why? For. For what? What made the difference? There was a tangible presence of God with him. We know that Jesus Christ is God, right? We know he laid aside his godly powers and all that in the humiliation when he came down. But the Holy Spirit came upon him tangibly. And there was a presence that he carried. And that presence was so real. I'm telling you that that presence is as, can be as, a, you know, say where you are looking at this light shining on me right now. Right, the light is over there, right? But the effect of the light, right, the waves and all that, all those things, electromagnetic waves and all that, you can feel the effect all around in this place. That presence is as a real that. So Jesus had that presence around him. Now, so in case you say um, well let's you know, maybe that's Jesus. Let's look at um, an apostle of Jesus. Let's look at Acts chapter 5 from verse 15 to 16 because if it can happen in the life of one of those apostles or disciples then we also can experience it. Look at it. It says as a result of the apostles work Sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Verse 16. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem bringing their sick and possessed by evil spirits and they were all healed. How can the shadow of a human being cast out devils and heals sicknesses. It was not the shadow. You know, the shadow is not a substance, right? The shadow is just, right, like we're blocking light and so, you know, our silhouette is, is there. The thing is, the real thing is, what was happening there is Psalm 91, Psalm 91 verse 1, projected from what was happening was, Peter was in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91 verse 1 says he that dwells in the secret place first of all of the most High, shall abide by what? the shadow shall find rest in the shadow of the almighty there is a shadow of God like when God is present with you tangibly there is an influence of God that follows you and that influence can get into a place and whenever evil or darkness is there the evil or darkness has to go sickness has to go starting from your home body to your home to other people's homes you get into a place and the atmosphere changes have you have, do you know people like that when they come, when they get into a place the atmosphere just changes it's not because of their personalities it's because they're carrying something bible talked about Catherine Coolman i've ever heard of Catherine Kuhlman before she was a woman that god used so much to heal people she would get into very frail woman you should go and check out youtube you know, she has some messages. Very frail looking woman. She, and she dresses. She would just come into a place. And as she entered, people would just start falling down. Doesn't do anything. People will be falling down. People will be getting healed. There, there was a, another woman called Maria Woodward. Enter. When she was, when she's preaching. Like she's, let's say she, she had a meeting in Chicago actually. When she's preaching, people will be getting healed and falling down in their houses. In fact, some people would get stuck in their houses just because of the presence that she carried. Just because of the presence she carried. So you, you say, but why? Is it that these people are different? No. What happened is that they pursued. Everybody say they pursued. They pursued. They pursued. The experience has to be. Pursued. The experience has to be what pursued. God says, you know, the apostles they sh- they showed us many things that they experienced. And John, in First John chapter one, from verse one to four, please use the message translation for me. First John chapter one, from verse one to four. John says, we experienced so many things, but we are writing this to you, so that you too can have the experience. First John chapter one, from verse one to four. The message said, from the very first day we were there taking it all in so they were walking with Jesus and everything they they had Jesus with them he said we're there taking it all in we heard it with our own ears we saw it with our own eyes we verified it with our own hands that's the experience right that they experienced that the wo- the word of life appeared right before our eyes we saw it happen and now we are telling you in most sober prose, that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. Let's keep going. Took shape before us. We saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you why. So you can what? Read it. So that you can what? Experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, our motive for writing this is simply, we want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. So what they're saying is that we saw Jesus, we saw the transfiguration, we saw all those things, and we saw him move. Our shadows were healing people and doing all that. But you know what? We're writing this thing to you because we want you to to enjoy this with us. We want you to to experience what we experienced. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hand with me and say, I am going for the experience. No, I didn't hear it very clearly. Those of you watching me online, type it. They say, I am going for the experience. Say, I want the experience. I want the experience. That's it. I want the experience. God's word is to lead us into the experience of God's presence. God's word is not an end. God's word is a means to an end. God's word, studying God's word, taking time to study the word, knowing the word and all that, is supposed to lead us to an experience, a real, real, real experience. John 34, so John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said, You have your head in your Bible constantly, give me the message you have your heads in the Bible constantly you have your heads in the Bible constantly I was talking to the Pharisees, you have your heads in the Bible constantly, because you think you will find eternal life there but you miss the forest for the trees you miss the forest for the trees these scriptures are all about me these scriptures are all about me you know words. I was Everything, you are reading the Bible, it's supposed to point you to the real thing, the real person, the real experience. But you say, here I am, standing right before you, and you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. You are looking for life in the scripture, but I'm here to give you that life, but you're not willing to receive it. Sometimes, we also get lost in scripture. Scripture is very powerful. We need That's our revelation of God. That's how, you know, we get to know God. But you need to understand that with scripture, you have to seek an experience of it. Yeah. You have to encounter him. Yeah. You have to encounter the Christ of scriptures. He has to be real to you. Listen, this month, I'm talking about reality. Yeah. Last month, you know, I was talking about, you know, us, you know, becoming, being able to defend our faith. It's one of the ways you be able to defend your faith is when you have experienced it. Yeah. If somebody comes to meet you right now and says there's no moon or there's no sun, what will you do? you just laugh at the person and say something must, maybe something is wrong with your head because you have seen the sun you have seen the moon. Do you get what I'm saying? Because you have experienced it. Nobody can tell me that God doesn't heal people. I have seen people whose blind eyes were opened when I prayed for them. I have seen people cripples who have walked when I prayed for them. Nobody can tell me that it's it does it's not real. Do you get what I'm saying? They can't tell me it's not real because I have experienced. I've experienced healing in my own life. Ha- hallelujah! Nobody can tell me that God does not provide for you, man. I got stories. I got stories. Nobody can tell me. That Jesus is not real in our world right now because I am experiencing it in reality. He spoke to me this morning. He showed me things about the future this morning. There are things he showed me years ago that I'm seeing now. There are things that he showed me that I can see them manifesting right before my eyes. He's real. He's real. And it's not just real in the past. It's real in the present. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the first and the last, the beginning, the ending, the one that was, the one that is, and the one that is to come. He's real. You can meet Jesus in your house. You can meet Jesus in your car. Jesus can walk alongside with you on the road. Jesus can talk to you about every situation. You can share with him about all your troubles. He can show you your future. He can help you understand your past. He can help you analyze your present. Jesus is real. He's real. The Bible just points to him. The Bible just points us to him. Let me tell you what I mean. So you read in the Bible. So, so for example, you know how many of you read something in the Bible and you're like, "Ah, this is huge, <laughs> man. That's good. That's great. Amen." Do you get what I'm saying? That's great. So it's like you're going to, you're driving on the road, right? You're driving, maybe driving north, you know, on um, you know, High 94 or something, and then you see the sign that says, um, uh, "What do you call it? Having Park Road." Is in front. Do you get what I'm saying? That there's having park road. When you look at the sign, you don't sit there and be looking at the sign. Oh, having park road. Hmm. <laughs> having park road is coming. Hmm. Having park road. In fact, Shola Let me tell you something about having park road. Having Park road is right ahead of me right there. It's so powerful. When you get to a park road, you turn right. Before you know it, you are at Wrigley Field. That's where the cops or whatever they have there, you know. You know, and I'm talking about it. You know? That's what we do sometimes. And we sing about it. Oh, having park road. How we love you.
1: Having
0: park road. You are there in front of me. Hey, we're packed there. Yeah. What do you do when you see a back road? You drive. Yeah. You what? You drive. Listen, whenever you see something in scripture that you know is meant for you, but it seems so far away, drive into it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Drive. Drive. It says you can lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. And you've led us on the sick, and the sick died. Don't worry, drive. You just saw the signboard, it's ahead of you. Drive, it tells you, My God will supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, because my name is Jehovah Jireh your provider, I'll take care of you in every situation and you look at your bank account and there's nothing in there you, you are not experienced the provision don't stand there looking at the having park sign DRIVE don't say it's not real don't say it's not there because you are looking at the sign go Keep driving. You are going to get there. You stand on the word of God. This is mine. I'm going to experience this. I'm going to press into this. I'm going to pursue this. And before you know it, you're going to begin to see Jehovah Jireh manifesting himself in your life. You will begin to see the provisions of God showing up from every direction. Because you didn't pack, you kept on driving until you got to have a back road. Drive. The plans that I have for you, plans of good, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And you look at your life and things seem confusing, dark and dreary. No hope, don't stay there and say it's hopeless. Drive, drive, drive into that future, drive into that hope, drive into that plan, drive into your destiny. How many of you have received a vision from God about your life? And it seems as if you are far away from it. Don't sit down there, drive into the vision, interact with the vision, meditate on the vision, take action concerning the vision because it's going to manifest. The vision is for an appointed time, it would come to pass. If you refuse to quit with just the knowledge, you move to the experience. Listen, heaven. On earth is available to every one of us. remember say heaven on earth. It's available to every one of us. And that's what I'm talking about this month. That's what we're talking about this month. It's heaven on earth. So means you have 17 more minutes. Let me let me let me <laughs> do something with that. Amen. So how do you drive? That's the question now. How do you drive from Happy Heaven Park sign to the actual Heaven Park road so that you can get to view How do you do it? How do you do it? That's what Jesus was teaching us. Introducing to us in what we call the Lord's Prayer. That's what he was introducing to us in what we call the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, I will say the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer as some people call it, that he taught us or the Lord's Prayer because he was the one that taught us how to pray. is trying to show us some pointers on how to bring heaven to earth. How to bring heaven into our life as an experience. Amen. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. So last week, uh, we began to talk about, see this thing is all messed up. Man. Oh my God. Thank you Father. Okay, good. Let me quickly summarize what I said. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 and 10 is um, the passage of the lost Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Pray like this. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So, pay attention. If you missed last week's message, please check it up on our website, our podcast and all that, and download it and listen to it, because I'm not going to go into it. Go back to the first one. The first thing that we need to do to transfer heaven to earth begin to experience this and we're talking about is first of all, we embrace heaven's realities. He said in heaven. In heaven. In heaven. That's that part that there. In heaven. In heaven. I explain what heaven is. Heaven is what is above. When I say above, I'm not talking about above in these clouds. I'm talking above this realm of existence. It surrounds us. Heaven It's a reality that surrounds us. The heavenly realms is a reality that surrounds the physical realm. It is superior to the physical realm. It's a perfect place. It's a place where all knowledge exists, all wisdom exists. It's a place where all good resides. Heaven, where God dwells, is a place that is replete with abundance. There is no limitation in there. There is no limitation. There is nothing that is needed in there. There's no need that is unmet. It's a place of health. It's a place of peace. It's a place of unity. It's a place of rest. It's a place where everything just works. Everything just works. It is tangible. It is tangible. Even though our physical eyes cannot perceive it, right, except the Holy Spirit sometimes opens your eyes and then you see into it and you see the angels and you see, you know, God in operation or you see some of the things, realities in there, it is imperceptible to the physical eyes. But nevertheless, it is real. It contains everything that you see in the physical was born from it. It is the parent world. It, It was born from it. It is the domain of God, the domain of the Father. It's an invisible realm to us, but it's not invisible to everyone. It's not invisible to God or to the angel. It's visible, it's real, but to our own eyes, it's invisible. I talked last week about the fact that some of our senses cannot even sense the things that are physical, like radio waves and all that, not to talk about something that is in that dimension. Are you guys following me? So in that heavenly realm, according to the revelation of the Bible and what Jesus Christ kept on teaching us, in that heavenly realm, is everything that this world needs right now. What Chicago needs is heaven. Amen. What the United States needs is heaven. What our generation needs is heaven on the earth. The earth was created to be a replica of heaven and to express these glorious riches of heaven. But because of sin, a gap was placed between heaven and earth because man that was supposed to be the co-ruler, the ruler, the ruler on the earth, messed up and there was a gap. And God has been trying to restore that. That's why he sent Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, and all of us, he said, the kingdom come that will be done, that, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that's what we're here. We're here to bring heaven to earth. Somebody say, I'm here to bring heaven to earth. Say, I'm here to bring heaven into my neighborhood, into my family, into my life. I'm here to bring heaven to earth. Because I'm a citizen of heaven. My spirit is part of that that heavenly realm. So I'm connected to the realities there, but I'm here to transfer it. Ephesians 1, 3 says, you know, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, Ephesians one three, in the heavenly realms, because we're united with Christ, because our spirit are joined with Christ, that our spirit has become blessed with all the spiritual blessings. In the heavenly realm. So, because your spirit is a part of that heavenly realm, it is connected to all the resources of heaven. It is connected to all the resources that are available. You are connected. You are a part of that heavenly realm. You have health inside of you, healing inside of you. You have abundance. There's no lack inside of you. Everything. You are connected to it. You are connected to the source of all knowledge. You can pick up knowledge. You can pick up things supernatural things. What we call supernatural is just natural to God. It's natural to God. It's only to the physical that we say supernatural. supernatural. No, it's just a natural realm of the believer. So we'll be blessed with it. Because we're united with Christ. And if Christ is part of the heavenly realms, right? And we're united, we're part of that. But our physical eyes, our physical bodies, and emotions, and all that, they are not part of that realm. But our spirits are connected to that realm. Are you getting it? So the first thing, to be able to start transferring this thing, is you need to embrace the realities of heaven. Tell yourself every day, I know that what I have is more than what I can see. Somebody say, 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 what I have is more than what I can see. No, listen, you need to say it with joy. You look at your bank account and say, okay, I know it's, you, are, you are showing that amount in there, but you know, I want to tell you something. What I have is more than what I can see. I can transfer from that into this realm. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what Elijah said. When they, when, they, when, when, when when all those uh, all those the army surrounded him, he told the servant. He said, hmm, "They that are for us are more than those that are against us." The servant said, "This man must be going now. Hold man. Look at all these armies surrounding us, and he praised the Lord, opened his eyes. And God opened his eyes, and the servant now saw the angels, the chariots of fire surrounding them, and the guy agreed wow, we're actually not at a deficit, whenever you feel you're at a deficit, I'm here to announce to you that you are actually in a surplus, are you getting what I'm saying? you are not in a deficit you don't have a deficit of love you don't have a deficit of faith you don't have a deficit of money. You don't have a deficit of ideas. You don't have a deficit of anything. Man. Oh, You don't have a deficit of anything. You are living in abundance. You have abundance. You are swimming in an ocean of abundance. You are swimming in an ocean of good. You don't have a deficit of health. What you need to do is to let to tap into where it is deposited to make it a reality on the earth. And that's the process of faith. But you got to believe it you are loaded someone say i'm loaded say i'm loaded i'm connected to heavenly resources how many times i'll get to that spot and there'll be projects or things in front of me and i'll feel incapable (laughs) but this is what comes to me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world greater there's greater love in me than hatred in the world There's greater ability in me than the challenge is in front of me. The vision might be great, but the visionary himself is with me. And he will bring it to pass. I don't have a surplus. I don't have a surplus. I don't have a surplus of wisdom. Sorry, I don't have a deficit. I'm sorry. I don't have a deficit of wisdom. I have a surplus. Somebody say I have a surplus. I don't have a deficit. I don't have a deficit of wisdom. I don't have a deficit. Of ideas, a deficit of people, a, no, 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 no. All I just need to do is focus on mm-hmm. him, and he will transfer what I need into this room. And he has never failed once. He has never failed once. Mm-hmm. Embrace heaven's reality. Let's just do it like we're joking. Those of you watching me online here, just do this. Heaven, you know, mm-hmm. do it like you know. Heaven, say heaven is all around me. I have abundance in me everywhere. Come on, do it, It's with me. All around me. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do, 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 do. It's an act of faith. It's abundance. Wisdom. Revelations. Everything that I need. What I need to do. To Healing. I carry it. The shadow of the almighty. God is with me. Greater is he that is in me. Than he that is in the world. My spirit is connected to God. I'm connected to unlimited resources. I'm not limited. I'm connected to the unlimited God. Uh, my body is hooked up oh, to the unlimited flow of life. I carry God everywhere. I'm a solution provider. I'm in abundance. I'm working in abundance. I'm working in abundance. I have no deficit. I have no deficit. I'm a surplus man. I'm a surplus man. I'm a surplus man. Just like Jesus went about doing good. Healing all those who are oppressed of the devil Because God wasn't upon all around him That's who I am in Chicago When I get to the north side There's a surplus from me That flows to everyone that lives there When I'm on the south side When I'm on the west side When I'm in the suburbs It doesn't matter When I travel to the nations Everywhere There's a surplus of God The most high car That is flowing in me Flowing through me Changing all circumstances Producing God's plans I'm mean, in abundance. I'm connected to the heavenly realities and I live in it. Embrace heaven's realities. Embrace it. Stop thinking deficit. See yourself truly as you are. See yourself truly with what you are connected to. Hallelujah. 14 more minutes. Number two. Encounter heaven's ruler. Encounter heaven's what? Ruler. Ruler. So one thing is the reality. And I talked about all this thing last week. It says, our father. Our father. Who is in heaven. Our father. Our father. There is a being, a being. The word father is from the Greek word pater, which means source, originator, sustainer. Our source, our originator, our sustainer. The ones who birthed us, who is in heaven. So, not only do you realize that there's a heaven that has realities that is supposed to impact this world, you must also encounter the ruler of heaven. You have to encounter him. Not just by knowledge and acknowledge, but by experience. You encounter heaven's rulers. So I talked about that last week, so I'm not going to spend too much time because we're moving forward with this. So how you encounter the the, the, the ruler of heaven is what we're talking about as we go forward in this prayer. So he now says may your name be kept holy. holy. Everybody look at me and get this key. If you want to encounter heaven's ruler you have to treat him with respect. Yes. Yes. Anybody that wants to have an encounter with God you have to learn how to reverence God. That's why I talked about. Engage heaven's reverence. Engage heaven's reverence. Somebody says, how can I get to know God more? How can I get to know God more? Like, how can I get to, when I'm talking about, how can I get to to an experiential knowledge of God? This is the key. Engage heaven's what? Reverence. Reverence. There's something about God, the way he designed it, the way he designed it, Personal intimacy is how you get to know Him. A personal history with God is how we get to know Him. We get to know God with what is formed when no one is looking. Are you guys following me? What is formed? That intimacy that is formed when nobody else is looking is how we get to know him, time alone in your house, in your room, in your car. You cannot have professional intimacy. You know what professional intimacy is? (laughs) Professional intimacy is outside intimacy, right? (laughs) Based on what you do. Maybe you're a pastor or a worship leader, hallelujah. We just worship here. I know you know how to do the intonations and everything. Father, those come and lift up your hands. That's professional intimacy. And you know, when it comes to relationships, right? Relationship, husband and wife or whatever, or man and woman, professional intimacy is what is called prostitution, right? Mm. Yeah? It doesn't work with God to have professional intimacy. It has to be personal. It has to be personal. The public adoration is going to flow from your personal intimacy with him. If you just do it alone in the public, there's no intimacy. I mean, <laughs> those of you that are married, you know, you will know that there are some things that you do as married people, some depth that you go to that you can't share publicly. Mm-hmm. Are you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to intimacy, there are some things that you cannot share publicly, right? Mm-hmm. The most intimate part of your relationship, of your intimacy, you can't talk about it. Listen, if you can talk about everything that God is doing in your life and that you are having an encounter with God, you can talk about it publicly. You are not there. Because when you start walking, there's a lot of movements. Please, help me. Help me. I'm about to land. Let's reduce the movement. Play something for me. I just need that dove. I'm about to land it. Listen. Listen. Your relationship with god should be at a point where there are certain things that you have experienced that you have written that or whatever experience that you cannot even share with people yet then you are talking about intimacy because you can't share it yet thank you very much you can't share it yet or you can't sometimes you are not even able to share paul said "There's some things he saw that it's not lawful for any man to utter." Intimacy requires personal relationship, private time. When we pray and worship God, we know from experience that the presence of God comes to rest upon us. When we turn our heart of affection and adoration to him, God begins to break into our realities. He begins to break through. The more we stay there, the greater this reality continues to expand and express itself. So in other words, there are levels in it too. When you worship God, when you take time to worship God, not professionally, not because you, you are seeking something, like you want something to happen, not because you want healing to begin to flow in your life, or you want, you know, no, just because of him, do you hear what I'm saying? just because you want to know him, because you want to spend time with him, and you begin to seek him God will begin to break, the reality of heaven, the reality of God will begin to break into your life if you are, if there's strife going on in your home when you begin to worship God, you begin to see peace just begins to show up if I went, I begin, I went fighting at one another, families are fighting and all that, you know what happens? everybody has turned their attention away from God they are now pointing their attention at themselves when everybody turns their attention to God and begins to worship God, God causes harmony because you begin to tune yourself to the frequency of God. Everybody, you will begin to tune together in the same frequency. Husband and wife, worship God. Worship God together. Worship God. Sing together. Worship Him. Family members, worship God together. Lead in it. Do, you know, just get into worship and let it fill you The reality of God begins to break into you. If you are not married, worship God. You will be in harmony with God, and you will find somebody who is also in harmony with God. Yeah. It will lead you to such a person. Worship opens up God's realities. Oh, my God. It's so powerful. You see, I've, I've had experience of worship that, you know, you've we've had it in service to some of our Holy Ghost meetings that we worship, and then before you know it, things start breaking out. Revelations of the future, past, and all that. Correcting things, things happen in an instant that will have taken years to happen. If you were just trying to, I'm gonna apply the word, I'm gonna apply the word, you experience me. Hallelujah. You know, I told you I've been singing since like 2 a.m. and just been singing. Oh, you know, after I know when I sang for a while, you know, you know, you start it when you first start singing, you know, depending on how busy you've been, on how you've been involved in this realm, this physical realm, when you start singing and focusing on God and just worshiping Him, you will go through a period where it seems as if you are still in this realm. And then suddenly you just cross over to the other side. Suddenly your mind quiets. And then before you know it you start seeing things from a different perspective. Scriptures, people, past, present, future from a different perspective. And before you know it you start experiencing the presence. Like I'm talking about. The presence of God comes on you. You feel it running from your head to the toes of your feet and back and in your hand and everything. And you carry it Everywhere like a dove that lands on you. You have to be careful when you are, you know, for example, if you had a dove on you and that dove must stay there, you know you are going to live in a different way, right? you are not going to do. No. you are going to be gentle because the dove must not live. The presence of God is that gentle. I would say, give not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. You have to carry it very gently. You just, when it comes to you, you can't just be angry and talk to him and do whatever. You come. And it's going to stay there. And as you focus on that reality, the reality continues to grow as we embrace the reverence of heaven, of heaven's ruler and heaven. Psalm 22 verse 3, you are holy, yet you are holy, oh God, enthroned in the praises of Israel. You are holy, enthroned in the praises, enthroned on the praises. No, you ride on the praises of Israel. As Israel, as we praise him, God begins to ride on what? He begins to ride on our praises. Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2. Heaven is my throne. Heaven is my throne. In other words, I dwell in that realm of heaven. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Can you build me a temple as good as that? No. In other words, where I live in heaven is awesome. It's great. Can you build me a resting place? Yes, I, I want that. I want to be able to rest, but look at it. Unto this man. He said, my heart admit made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. How the Lord has spoken. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my words. And NLT. NLT. Give me the NLT. Oh, sorry, NKJV. Sorry, NKJV. That's the NLT. Give me the NKJV. Because I love that. I Unto this man will I look. Unto this person will I look. NKJV of that same passage. He says, for all those things at my handmaid that's KJV, and all these things have been, says the Lord, but to this man will I look, even to him who is poor and of a contrite spirit. Not poor physically, but poor in spirit, and who trembles at my word. Give me the NKJV or the, men, the message translation, either one. It talks about those who reverence, who reverences my word. Those are the people that are going to come out will I'm there physically. I'm everywhere. Right? See, a a person simple and plain, reverently responsive to what I say. Somebody who shows heaven's reverence. So, guys, these things are available to us. The access is what? Reverence. That's the beginning. I'll continue next week. That is the beginning. That's what Jesus was telling us. Again, I'm repeating it. You got to switch into this life of worship, dedicating your life, and then learning to sing, to bring before God a new song. Thanks for listening to the Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.